8 o'clock. Appreciate you joining us, Jim and the Buckeye Boy, today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. This hour brought to you by Preston Lee, a country financially believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. All right, Monday, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So if you got something that's on your mind today, text or call us, 970-242-1340. Anything that uh, makes your list, Buckeye, from the weekend? Uh, Obviously, the ugly yeah. was part of CMU men losing Getting on Friday night, and then um, screwed. Fort Lewis gets screwed. Yeah, Fort Lewis gets screwed. It, CMU Which would have been good for the Mavericks to a yeah. shorter trip down to Durango. The place they've won. So... There you just that. Uh, the good high school baseball starts this weekend. Fanning on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's the good because that means baseball season really starts in earnest. Also, the first regular season uh, JUCO poll is out. Central Florida, I believe, your number one team. San Jacinto Ravens, still weird to say. It's just very weird. In the top ten as well. Um, the bad is... Really, CMU being kind of flat against Mines on Friday. That was kind of a bummer. I know you and you were hoping for a championship game on yep. Saturday to call. And yes, I was. I was hoping to, to get them there. Just didn't didn't quite turn out that way. It was I was not not a great night. Now, ugly how the the Avalanche played defensively. Yeah, not very good there. The last uh, two games in particular. Uh, how about I'll just throw a random one out here. Okay. Maybe maybe because it was against your Buckeyes. I don't know. Michigan or who's that For, blowing the big lead? No, this is I'm going to oh, women's okay. college basketball. Caitlin Clark, mm-hmm. who almost outscored your Buckeyes in the first half. Yeah, she scored one point less than the Buckeyes scored the entire first half. Yeah, and the a one hundred five to seventy two win. They were they were all right this year, but uh, it was I believe it was what, Saturday, where Indiana led by, like, a lot at the half. They were up 46-26 to 26 at the half and lost to my 14th-ranked Buckeyes. The Lady Bucks won 79-75. So there's that. That's where they expended all their energy, Jim. And so okay. Caitlin Clark really had it easy <laughs> on Sunday. Because she's she's only a terrific scorer. Yeah, just one of the very best women's basketball players in the country. Like she may be the best basketball player in the country she in could. college basketball. Gender be damned. <laughs> she's good. She only went thirty, ten rebounds, seventeen assists. She took seventeen shots, had seventeen assists. That's At some good. point, they should it's just good, stop right? letting her have the ball. That's pretty that's good, not right? Fair. Yeah, that's good. It's pretty good. She could have not scored a point, and they still would have won. Because the Cezano, Cezanino chick or whatever it was, she had 25. That's not bad. Not bad at all. So, yeah. Yeah, I caught a little bit of that. That was, was kind of a bummer. But, hey, I was pretty damn good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, keep it on for a moment on college basketball before we get into around the NFL. The uh, Pac-12 men's basketball tournament uh, bracket is out. And so UCLA is the number one seed. No surprise there. Shocker. Shocker. 
that uh, they'll get the Colorado-Washington winner on Thursday. Arizona's the two seed. They get uh, the Utah-Stanford winner on Thursday. USC's the three seed. They get the winner of Arizona State, Oregon State. Oregon's the four seed. They'll uh, get the Washington State-Cal winner. Washington State is the fifth seed. They get Cal coming up Wednesday. Arizona State's the sixth seed. They have Oregon State. Utah's the seventh seed. They have Stanford. Washington's the eighth seed, and they get the ninth seed covered with Buffaloes. Stanford's the tenth seed. Oregon State's the eleventh seed. Of course, Cal mm-hmm. is your last seed in the NCAA men's or in the Pac-12 men's I, basketball tournament. I think Oregon's getting Washington State. What do you think? I'm thinking so too. I think that's probably the case. Wow, Cal sucks out loud. They're, but they have a win against Colorado this year, though. Yeah, that's which not is great. Not great. Not great at all. All right, let's go ahead and take a trip around the NFL and, oh, just for the heck of it, the XFL as well. Yeah! The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. All right, of course, the Broncos uh, brass, they were at uh, in Indianapolis for the Combine, and one of the things that was talked about was Javante Williams, Broncos GM George Payton, says that uh, Javante Williams, Pookie, is on track to make a return. He suffered the torn ACL in the week four loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. And look, Latavius Murray did an okay job, but he's not Javante Williams. And for Williams, I mean, it wasn't just the torn ACL. He also tore several other ligaments in his knee. And so the time range was six to 12 months of recovery. But then you throw on top of that the additional ligament damage, and it's probably going to make it longer. But uh, George Payton believes that Williams is on track for next season, but says he has a plan in place in the case that he is not. Payton telling NFL at the NFL scouting combine, I think he's on track. I don't want to put him put a date on it, but he's out there jogging. He's working his butt off. He's rehabbing. Uh, they anticipate he'll be ready for the start of the season. We have a plan. If he's not ready at the start of the season, we'll have another back or two to be ready if he can't go. Which means most likely Latavius Murray's probably, probably yeah, probably going to be with the Broncos this season. Also, in news from around the league this morning, the Minnesota Vikings have released linebacker Eric Kendricks. That uh, they announced that last night, and so that's been a Pro Bowler, a team captain, Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee. So uh, he's been released. He was a second second round pick in the 2015 draft. And he's been a major contributor over the last eight seasons, 117 games with 113 starts. He was a first-team All-Pro in 2019. So teams looking for a linebacker, inside backer, maybe, maybe Denver, maybe. We'll see. Eric Kendricks ends up playing in the orange and blue. Also, keeping it uh, in the AFC West, since we're talking about the Broncos start mm-hmm. things out, that uh, Pro Football Talk reporting this morning that Aaron Rodgers could very well be a Las Vegas Raider down the road. That, according to The Athletic, uh, they're saying it's not likely to happen, but uh, there's a lot of, uh, well, a lot of the odds makers are putting it uh, certainly in uh, favor of the Raiders to potentially get Aaron Rodgers moving forward, but... Um, Dan Graziano of ESPN has put the Raiders in play to get Aaron Rodgers. Now, here's a quick... Pro Football Talk brings up an excellent point about this, Buckeye. Mm -hmm. Derek Carr 
and Josh McDaniels. That couldn't work out. What makes you think this is going to work out? Rodgers! Yeah, Aaron this Rogers. guy double-checked! I mean, Derek Carr is a fairly agreeable guy. Yeah. And, and Josh Rogers McDaniels is not. really isn't either. <laughs> yeah, and and so you have very you know, we have Josh McDaniels wants to do it his way. Mm-hmm. You have Aaron Rodgers who wants to do it his way. Which usually does not include the voluntary offseason portion of the schedule. So well, well I just don't I I don't see that working out. I, I don't, don't either. I don't see how it works out, and I think at that point, does Devontae Adams request out? Because he <laughs> felt like he kind of wanted out of Green Bay. He was done with the Rodgers yeah. show. Yeah, well, like the Rodgers show could be coming to where he now uh, is. Could be going on tour, a res- Vegas residency. Exactly. Also, um, Pro Football Talk, along with ESPN, Jeremy Fowler reporting this morning that the Raiders' former quarterback, Derek Carr, mm-hmm. has a slight lean toward the Jets right now. That he's visited the Saints and the Panthers. What? What does that even mean? Like he's listing to pork a little bit <laughs> he's to just, the Jets. He's a little need to put at least like a table at a restaurant that needs like a matchbook yeah, under it or something. To, he needs the two coasters he, stuck underneath the one. Because he's, he's got a little knob. lean. Yeah, a little lean to one side. Like that does a slight lean, and that's a quote. Like what that's the a hell quote. Does that mean? It's like he prefers the Jets over the Saints and Panthers. But whether the Jets prefer him over Aaron Rodgers, eh, that, that remains to be seen. See, and that's what I mean. We talked about last week about, you know, well, we're waiting for Aaron Rodgers. Well, Derek Carr just needs to go whatever. It's like it may not – it's not up to really the player. If the Jets are waiting and the Saints are waiting and the Panthers and the Raiders and everybody else that is going to be in the Rodgers sweepstakes, if they're all waiting, it doesn't matter – how much Derek Carr wants to sign with the Jets if they're going to wait until Aaron Rodgers makes up his mind. Yeah, exactly. That Look, Derek Carr may want this to be resolved quicker, mm-hmm. but everybody else, because they, they feel that they're going to get a better quarterback in Aaron Rodgers yeah. than Derek Carr. Whether, whether that's the case now, at this point, in their respective careers, I don't know about that. I don't think that's... That's such a, a lock of the five years ago, yeah. But not right now. Because of the baggage Rodgers brings with him. Right. The, the guy that he has become. Or maybe he was always there and this is just this is just who he is. He's mm-hmm. just decided, I'm gonna be me. And he's a lot to deal with. Yeah, are you getting and, you're not just getting thirty seven hundred yards, twenty six and twelve. You're also getting the act that goes with it. And the fact the dude's going to be 40. Or he just turned 39. He'll be 40 eventually. That's usually how it works, right? That's what I was told. Happened to me. That's usually how that goes. You know, he's going to be 40 at some point. Somewhere down the line, yeah. Also, maybe something to keep an eye on, as far as the Broncos goes. Mm -hmm. That uh, Jets tackle Dwayne Brown plans to play another season. Um, He's in season injured on injured reserve. Plans on playing in 2023. And he said at the end of the season, it takes some time before deciding on his plans. And this this season will be the 17th of his career. Signed a two-year deal last August when uh, Mackay Becton suffered a season-ending knee injury. 
but then he got ended on injured reserve himself. The shoulder landed him on injured reserve. So could he end up staying with the Jets? Could they end up releasing him and maybe becomes a free agent? Those are possibilities. Probably probably end up staying with the Jets the way things are kind of laid out right now that, that he probably will end up staying there. But Denver's going to be looking, obviously, for, for offensive line help in free agency. Looks like though Brown, though, may not be part of that equation moving forward uh, after after second blush on that. And he's the guy that looks like he's ready to call it quits anyway, so yeah. would not would definitely be a rental thing if it if it worked out at all. Seventeen years got ended on injured reserve, shoulder issues. Shoulders are always kind of weird. I don't know. I'd kind of pass. I think anyway I would too. If I were the Broncos. I would I would as well. All right. Uh Shall we look at the XFL very quickly here? Yeah, why not? Why not? What the heck? So, XFL uh, this past weekend. and uh, Some yeah. big old scrap-em-up, wasn't there? I saw that. Well, let's start out with the Sunday's games, okay. shall we? We had the D.C. Defenders beating the Seattle Sea Dragons 22-18. to Michael Joseph picked off two passes. Uh, it was a game pretty much Seattle was in control at that time. And Joseph returned one for a 15-yard touchdown. And then uh, Ben DiNucci, Seattle's quarterback, got picked off at the start of the fourth quarter. Joseph's second pick set up uh, D.C. at the Sea uh, Dragons 14 when De'Eric King, who clearly is a running quarterback, if you watched him play in all in this league, I think I've seen him throw like two passes in all the time mm-hmm. I've watched him play. He uh, rushed it in for a five, rushed in for a five-yard touchdown. And then D.C. held Seattle in the final drive, recovering a Danucci fumble at the D.C. four-yard line to salt away the victory. Also, you have the Seattle, you have the uh, excuse me, San Antonio Brahmas falling to the St. Louis Battlehawks, A.J. McCarron, who continues to have big games. He shrugged off five sacks. McCarron um, threw an 18-yard touchdown pass to Hakeem Butler with a minute 25 to go, and then hit Austin Prohl, the 10-yard, three-yard conversion to make it fifteen to twelve, St. Louis would go on to win eighteen to fifteen. I thought that was was that the week one game where they came back. They had the nine points in the last two minutes. Yes, because I thought it was San Antonio. Oh, excuse Houston me, last excuse night. me. I'm sorry. With the excuse weird me. helmets and the. I'm sorry. Gave me the wrong, the wrong week. The wrong week. It gave me the week one. I was like, wait, did they do? They did it again. So, so forget forget what I just okay. said. Okay, all right, I'm with you. I looked at the wrong page. I'm sorry. You're fine. I'm I'm just following along. I didn't watch. My, so my, I can take your word for it. My apologies. It's like because I didn't I didn't watch all weekend either. <laughs> to be quite honest, like, I watched the game last night and that was I it. I know there was a fight. I know Josh Gordon caught a touchdown, and the Houston helmets look awful. That's pretty much all I know from this last weekend. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> I I looked it up and it was the wrong week. He gave. I'm like, wait a minute. It's, that's February 19th. So here, this is from la, la, Saturday. Okay, Seattle. Beat the Vegas Vipers 30-26. to 26. Okay, there we go. Okay. Because I know there are XFL fans out there that are just up in arms about my, my mistake. Guru there. Gary's like, no, no, no. That's not how it happened. You know, he's he's got money on it. Because the Battlehawks lost to the defenders this time, 34-28. to 28. Arlington beat Orlando 10-9. Ooh, boy. Ooh. Yikes. Woof. Uh, they, play, they play in a baseball stadium, right? That was a baseball score. That was definitely a baseball score. It was like the Rangers are still playing there. Yeah. Uh, Houston Roughnecks, uh, they beat the uh, San Antonio Brahmas 22 
to 13. So those are your scores from the XFL. Your standings, by the way, in the north. Got to have those. D.C. Defenders are 3-0. and yeah. St. Louis is 2-1. and Seattle's 1-2. and Vegas Vipers are 0-3. In your south, Houston. Wade and the boys. Mm-hmm. Wade Phillips. Team's 3-0. and Arlington's 2-1. and San Antonio's 1-2. and And Orlando is 0-3 in the XFL. Do we have wild card watch for uh, the XFL yet? Probably. Or is it still too early? I don't know. I, look, I don't even know which weekend I'm looking at, so... How am I supposed I'm to know that? I'm almost certain Wade doesn't know either. I think Wade's just like, oh, whatever, Wade. They'll, they'll tell me if we're in the playoffs or not. Orlando has a minus 40 point differential in three games. I don't think they're making the playoffs. Probably not. It's a good chance that they're probably not getting in. Yeah. All right, we mentioned this about high school football that uh, it came out last week, the proposed football league alignment for 2024-2025 where Fruto Monument moves back into 5A this next cycle. Once again, doesn't start until the 2024 season, so keep that in mind. And my, my take on it was nobody over here should be should be playing in, in the highest classification. And I get it. When you look at the enrollment numbers, because Jared sent this in, I think it was on Friday, that you should play at the enrollment level that you're at. And for Fruta, they're like 1,796. Or if you look at the enrollment levels for high school football, it puts Fruta Monument into 5A football, 1,800 to 1,252. And they're at 1,796. I I get it that from the the standpoint of being a 4A program, it gives them an advantage. I understand that. Mm -hmm. There's that, that they're going to get more. Maybe, you know, I think Chavez from Palisade said, you know, wrote that, that they'll get maybe 10 to 15 more kids, which I'm not sure why Chavez of Palisade has such a problem with Fruit Monument being in 4A since he is Chavez from Palisade, unless Chavez's son goes to Central or something. Then, I don't know. Then, okay, then I could see why you have some kind of axe to grind about that. Hopefully, when, when Grand Junction High School's built, the new school, they'll be able to maybe redefine some boundaries and maybe it take a little bit of kids from the north that would go to now would go to Grand Junction mm-hmm. that would allow Fruta to get down to what would be an enrollment for 4A which is 1251 to 944 for 4A I just think it's so tough when you're trying to play at the I say the same thing about basketball for Fruta yeah. Monument it's tough to compete at the highest classification when you can't play those schools. Your your sophomore, your JVs, and your freshmen can't play those kids on a regular basis. It's tough to get better when you're playing that kind of competition. But my my bigger gripe about it was the league that they put Fruta in. They put them in the same league as Valor Christian, mm-hmm. essentially a college school, but it's, it's, know, it's a private with school, recruiting it's a, and whatnot. My it, thing about the a fruit of place in 4A. They have 11 billion students or whatever. What advantage did that actually get them? Did they have they won it all because of that? Mm-hmm. No, they haven't. That's my question. So, you know, it's like okay, they make it 10 more good football players. Maybe, maybe we we, we make that assumption. Okay, sure. Out of 400 extra kids, you know. Two out of every hundred might be 
good football players enough to play significant minutes. What did they actually win with all those extra kids? So how does that really benefit them? They beat your team, maybe, or they didn't even play your team. One or the other. But when you're, they got an unfair advantage. Well, them's the breaks. I mean, look look at Montrose. Mm-hmm. Montrose's enrollment numbers are right where they should be. How good's Montrose been? Yeah, playing playing with an enrollment that's that is less than. Nobody yeah. says boo about that. They used to be a three A school. Now they're a two A school. That's unfair. No, yeah. and they go out and they kick tail. It's just you you do the best with what you have to work with, right? And and look. Cam Ross and Fruit of Monument, that coaching staff has done a great job. That program mm-hmm. is really, really good. And Montrose is really, really good. Right. And Delta's really, really good. And they're all, we have Fruita that's got more enrollment than others in 4A, particularly here on the side of the hill. Okay. Mm-hmm. You've got Montrose that has has right, the right amount of number, and they're, they're very successful. And you've got Delta that has been a dominant program. Right. In their classification. And when we get into this whole what is the enrollment and what level football should you play, I'm not sure everybody wants the same accounting of students on the Western Slope. Well, Whether talk- it be from Durango to Craig or whatever, I'm just somebody gonna- may be ramped up into 4A or 5A where they don't really want to be. And, look and so at- they kind of stay where they're at. I've 2A, said, I've- 3A. I said this about Palisade. When they built the school, they they did not want, they wanted to keep it a small town school. They didn't want it to get too big. They they purposely built the school initially to be, to, to house a certain number of students because mm-hmm. that's where they wanted to stay. They wanted to stay. I mean, that wasn't the whole thing about it. You don't build a school pure, purely on where staying in the classification. But a yeah. lot of it was, we want to keep it a small town school. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be a four a 4A program. We don't want to. Have bring kids in from from the central area. Right. That kind of they want to keep it small. With the side eye at Fruta, also comes the side eye at Palisade, the side eye at Rifle. They've had some like wow, they're four kids under the three A level. They're playing into that's interesting how yeah. that happened. Things like that. Durango, Cortez, Palisades numbers have been Palisades there, numbers have been right there. At, yeah, uh, being you a four and and we're a four A program for two years yeah, in the late nineties. You can see the eraser marks there before yeah. they put in the official paperwork. That sort of thing. And this so, is not us saying anything about Dan no. Bollinger or Greg Hawkins they or Joe Ramon or within anything. the rules that they're given. Right. And if it's allowed, then do it. Right. It's the same thing that for the monument they played in four A. It's not because they, you know fudged or obfuscated the numbers it was that's where chasta put them they applied they got approved and they had 400 more kids with 10 better football players and won the same amount of state championships as everybody else in the valley the last 10 years none so really what does it get them you know jared who coaches over grand junction high said i i think you should play in the classification enrollment says. I do wish the Southwestern League could come back for football. Durango did move back up to 4A. Yeah. I think as much as I would love the Southwestern League, as much as I do love the Southwestern League, I don't think it's ever coming back. And I don't know if there's a big clamoring for it from a leadership level because 
that's five non-conference games you don't have to And that's find. the thing I brought up Friday. It's That's always been the problem. It's been getting non-conference games when they, when you're in a conference from the front range mm-hmm. or down south, Colorado Springs, Pueblo. They have to come here. They don't have a choice. Yeah. They have to come here. And so you can schedule your... The old Southwestern League kind of becomes your non-conference schedule mm-hmm. to a degree. And best case scenario, if you're Fruit of Monument, you're at 5A, you get handful of non-conference games with Junction, Central, Montrose, maybe Durango. I don't know if they're a 4A school, so you don't have to do that two-classification drop. And then you get to see the machine that is Valor Christian up close and personal. Right. You may not like how what the scoreboard reads at the end, but... But you know what? Cam and those guys are... They're, they're going to battle. They're, they're, they're gonna not going to shy gonna away. They're excited about playing those guys. They're not you know going to be scared about it. They're yeah. going to go out there. They're going to battle. You know, and Jared mentioned Durango moves back up to 4A after a really successful run in 3A. Mm-hmm. Winning a state title. I saw Todd retire, too. I did not see that. Yeah, I saw Todd Casebeer retire. Wow. I believe that was in Chastanow, Colorado Preps, somewhere around there. Yeah, I had not seen that that Todd had decided to... Let me see if I can find that. Yeah, he announces his retirement. Uh, Durango Herald had a story on it. He went 20-5, and won two league titles when he was there. That's not bad. So, uh... How long will Todd stay retired? That's what I. Eh. <laughs> I wonder about that. It come come see me in June. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that when guy kids start packing up and going yeah, camping. I'm not sure that. Yeah, we'll 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 say for now yeah. that the Todd is retired because he he says he is. But I Our friend, I wonder about that. Uh, Dan Mormon had the write up in the Colorado Preps on their website. All so right, very good. That's where I saw it. So yeah, we we talked about it a lot last week. I I just I don't know. I just don't feel like anybody over here, Buckeye, should be playing, even with Fruita's enrollment numbers, should be having to, forced to play 5A football. We've had, we had Junction right. Junction that was successful when Robbie was there. John mm-hmm. Rubacaba, Jaron Dennis, the late Jaron Dennis, and Chandon Rose and those guys. They were really good. I mean, they were a team that could have been semifinal team. Every, you know, they, they were a couple of different times had a shot to get into the semis. And they were very competitive. Lost a close game to Regis on a, on a Hail Mary at the at the very end of the game. I, I just think that redoing the boundaries will certainly help. Having Grand, Grand Junction High School being a, a new school, bigger school, mm-hmm. will certainly help. Maybe take some of the pressure off the west end, the north, and maybe we can get the numbers back to where they should be, where everybody's at least 4A, 3A here in the Valley. Yeah, and... Like I said, I'd love to see a Valley Conference. I just don't think if that's the right way to go about it. I just think going forward, yes, coaches, most of them don't want to back. Yeah, because and they because of the non-conference part. Some some yes, do, the administration, but they definitely it's easier to schedule that as a non-conference. Game. Ask any AD. It's tough tough to get them over here non-conference. Yeah. And when Chasa makes them, <clears throat> your league your conference, you don't have no, your league. You have no choice. Yeah, absolutely. And should Furta be playing five A? No, are they a five A school? And that's, that's an issue yeah. for, that's a Chassa thing to take into account. And the sometimes rigid, sometimes not real rigid following enrollment guidelines, that's something that needs to be fixed before we start placing schools and that's, in classifications they're not in. That's always been a problem. Yeah. That's not, that's not something new. You either have X number of students or you don't. Simple as that. All right, this hour brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. 
have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. Let's go ahead and play the number game. Let's play the number game on the Jim Davis Show. Yes, first correct answer on the Chick-fil-A text line 970-242-1340 gets our Monday prize for the number game, a delicious case of Coors Original. And the answer is always a number. So if you text in and say, Duke, you're wrong, right? And if you've won any time in the last two weeks, sit it out. If you are not over the age of 21, or at 21, I guess, uh, sit it out because it is uh, alcohol. Since the NCAA tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1985, how many national champions did not win either their conference regular season or conference tournament championships that year? So they were not the regular season and not the tournament champion. They can do one, they're out. They've How many teams since 1985 were neither regular season or tournament champions to win the national championship? First answer, which is a number, on the text line 970-242-1340 gets a delicious case of Coors Original. All right, so text your answer in now. Must be 21 or older if you've won the last two weeks. Please sit it out. Coming up next, we'll talk with Plateau Valley boys basketball coach Mike Vig as they move on in the two-way state tournament. That's coming up next on the Jim Davis Show. Touchdown every morning. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye boy. It's Monday, the good, the bad, the ugly. What makes your list? Text or call us. On the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340, where we also have the coach of the Plateau, Plateau Valley Boys basketball team, Mike Vig. Mike, good morning. Thanks for coming on. And I was hoping we'd get a chance to talk this week, Mike. And uh, your team delivered with uh, the win against Telluride, the win against Vale Christian, to, to move you on in the 2A state uh, tournament. Congratulations on two big wins this past weekend. Oh, good morning. Thank you so much. It was a, it was a pretty crazy weekend, pretty exciting for for the boys and for the community up here. It was, it was an awesome weekend. As I mentioned, uh, the two wins in the, the tournament, uh, you get the victory against Telluride on, on Friday night, 59-28. Uh, to 28. We talked before that. And then you had Vail Christian, and they've been your rivals for quite some time, and you come up with a, a big win against the Saints, 50-42. to 42. And uh, there are a lot of storylines that came out of that game, Mike, but I think one of the big ones was the way your team defended in the fourth quarter against the Saints. Yeah, uh, definitely. That's what we made uh, as coaching staff up here uh, before the season. We uh, we uh, put an emphasis on, on on defense this year. Playing in some regional tournaments in the past years, we found that we we uh, thought that that would be the biggest difference in us being able to compete at the state level. So we put an extra emphasis on the defensive end this year, and the boys have really bought into it. And that's kind of been our our calling card, if you if you will, all season. Our off, our shooting has been up and down, as you would think it would be with with young players. And defense defense translates no matter how old you are, as long as you're putting in the effort. And the boys really stepped up in the defensive end, especially in that fourth quarter, and locked them down, forced them into a lot of tough shots, and um, and it and it paid off for us. Mike Vig, coach of the Plateau Valley Boys Basketball Team. His team is into the two A Grade Eight. Uh, they'll be playing Ray at the Budweiser Event Center coming up on Thursday night. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. But uh, Coulter Ralston, season I, 15 points on Saturday at winning against Vail Christian. He made four threes. 
pretty impressive for for a young man that was averaging at that point in time. Mike only a little over three points per basketball game. He saved one of his better efforts for that game on Saturday against Vail Christian. Absolutely, I, I call him my my super freshman because he's he, he he might be a ninth grader in age, but on the basketball court he is he is a seasoned veteran as we have on that team. He is such a smart player, such a just a tough nosed, gritty. Just he he will mix it up. He's he's not he's not all that tall, but we've asked him to play against some bigger guys and and. Uh, he will always stick his nose in there, and he's not afraid. And, yeah, he came up with some big shots, some big plays in that game for us. It was pretty special for a for a freshman, at, I mean, at any level, to step into a varsity game in that high pressure of a situation and, and deliver like that. It was, it, was, it was so awesome to see. Plateau Valley Cowboys boys basketball coach Mike Vig joining us today as the uh, Cowboys move into the 2A grade 8 coming up this Thursday. And certainly had a challenge when uh, Jackson Bevan got into foul trouble, Mike. Uh, kind of It changed really what you could do in terms of your inside game. Kind of take us through the adjustments you had to make there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, Jackson is such a huge part of what we do. He's our, he's our big man in the middle. Um, our anchor in there is main, uh, rebounding, defense, and then some inside scoring to keep those outside guys honest and, and be able to, so we can have some open shots on the outside. And he got a little foul trouble. And um, it was next man up. Um, I asked my son, who's, I mean, he's 6'2", but he's about 165 pounds. He's not, his body's not exactly built for the inside play. And we moved him in there inside out, I don't know, a couple months ago, and it, and it changed our team because he's, he's uh, working hard. He's, got, he's a little bit quicker inside and can move inside. And we put him in there in the, in the third and fourth quarter, and uh, he, uh, he stepped up and, and delivered and it didn't it didn't hurt either that we had a freshman hit four threes to kind of balance that out as well but yeah it was, it's it's a next man up mentality i mean it has to be we're not that deep of a team we run about six or seven deep so when a starter like that a main guy gets gets in foul trouble it's 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 pretty critical that that the that the the next five or six guys really step up and um perform Mike Fade, coach of the Plateau Valley Cowboys uh, boys basketball team with us today on the Team Sports Network. I mentioned it's Ray. They're 18-6. and They're coming off the win against Wiggins, 61-59. to And when you look at this Ray basketball team, Mike, it's a, it's a team that's got quite a bit of scoring punch. Uh, they're, they're led by young man and uh, Rafael Trejo, who's averaging 13 points per game. But there's three other players on that team, along with Trejo, that are averaging just over 12 points per game. So, Pretty balanced scoring from uh, their top guys. Yeah, they're an excellent, unbelievable team. I'm, we're going to have our work cut out for us for sure. We actually we played them last year in the regional tournament, and they absolutely wiped the floor with us. They uh, they run a full-court pressing, trapping defense that they just really get after you on the defensive end, full-court as well as in the half-court. And They like to get out and run. They like to play a fast-paced transition. They like to try to speed you up, try to make you – you know, turn the ball over and then get easy buckets like that. So we're gonna, definitely going to have our work cut out for us. It's going to be an excellent challenge. And for your Cowboys basketball team, back in 2012, uh, Plateau Valley won the consolation bracket at the state tournament. But I know that uh, you, your goal certainly is to to get there and, and, and try to bring back a, a championship uh, back to the Western Slope, back to Colburn. And, it, uh, of course, uh, that journey continues with uh, Ray coming up on Thursday night. But I guess the, the, the message to your kids leading up to this game, this is a one of the biggest games of their career playing at the Budweiser Event Center. Yeah, um, 
we belong. We 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 did the work to get over there. To, we're the one of the final eight teams, the best the, the best eight teams in the two A level. We deserve to be there. We're not there just to to show up and make an appearance. We're there to bring home that that state championship, just like I would assume all other seven teams over there are. And that that's our goal. We're not we're not satisfied with where we're at. We're 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 wanting more. We're that and we've talked about that all year. We we set goals as we go. And we've achieved all those goals so far. We've got one more goal to go. Hey, Mike, I appreciate the time. 8.30 Thursday night, uh, Plateau Valley takes on Ray at the Budweiser Event Center in Loveland in the uh, grade 8 of the 2A State Boys Basketball Tournament. Appreciate the time, Mike, and hopefully uh, we're talking about maybe a state championship game appearance and a title uh, for your Cowboys. Uh, hopefully that's in the offing for your basketball team. I, I appreciate you hopping on with us today. Thanks. Mike, Thanks, t- Jim. Good to talk to you. Likewise. Take care. Mike Vick, coach of the Plateau Valley Cowboys basketball team, former Central standout, uh, played at Mesa as well, and and uh, has done a sensational job coaching the, the Plateau Valley boys basketball team. All right, 838, Jim along with the Buckeye boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Do we have a winner yet for the number game? We do not. Oh, we go. Who? I thought we did. Nope. I'll slam on the brakes on that. Yeah. Thing. You want to, uh, do you want to do that again? Yes. Since the NCAA tournament expanded to 64 teams in 1985, how many national champions did not win one or both of the following? Their conference regular season championship or their conference tournament championship? So if they won one, they're not part of the question. Does that make sense? Are you following? How many teams won the national championship but did not win either their regular season or tournament championships in the same season that they won. It's a little wordy, but I thought it was interesting. Big Rob guessed three. Jim guessed four. They're both low. At least they're guessing numbers, though. That's true. Not just throwing out Duke. Not just right. <laughs> Duke! Because every once in a while, we, we've kind of got the pile conditioned now to Mondays or numbers, but early on, you would get those Duke. No. Are they one of the teams to do it? Yes. How many others have done it? That's the number we're looking for. So three and four, both low. All right, so kind of setting a target here yeah. for you. Text or call us 970-242-1340. That's 970-242-1340 in the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Coming up, we'll have our Browns cremation and funeral service good call, bad call. Plus, we'll have our prep stars and Mighty Mavs. That's coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The Team. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Duke Studios. Most trusted name in automobiles. Got the ha from Steve. Is that about my XFL screw-up that I was reading the wrong I don't know. week? I thought it was about my number game, but it came in before I did that. So Probably was. Look, I looked the wrong week. It happens. It's Monday. Yeah. Come on, Steve. How many people have I a... killed on this show without doing any research can, whatsoever? Can, can come so, me some slack, Steve, please. Come on. Please, come me some slack. Come you on, know, Steve. Not, not too much, but just a little bit. He has uh, the last name we can't pronounce. Come on, Steve. I never know what how that one is. <laughs> I'm going Seminar. Seminar. I Somalier. 
They, maybe Steve sent us a pronouncer on yeah. that. So before you start throwing stones, you know, with the huh? <laughs> Just kidding, Steve. What the hell are you talking about, man? Steve's a big, big P one guy. He can take huge P one guy. Huge P one guy. He's always in on the joke. He's he is. All right, uh, I believe up in Paonia, I believe is where where Steve is up in the North Fork area. Ooh, I believe so. Believe that's the case. All right, so. Let's go ahead and get to Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service. Good call, bad call. Was that a good call, or did they totally blow it? It's good call or bad call. And it's always a good call to call Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service at 970-255-8888 to get your arrangements or your loved one's arrangements done now. It's a bad call to dump it on your, your family, your surviving family, or just to not take the time to get uh, those uh, funeral preparations taken care of with Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service. Call them today, 970-255-8888. All right. Good call, bad call. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh-huh. He uh, picked up a triple-double last night. Did you see how this all went down? No, I didn't. This is his fourth triple-double of the season. Nikola Jokic goes, ha, ha, ha. I had that That's last cute. week. That's cute. Yeah, he had, he had four in one week. But as opposed to how the MVP does it, the back-to-back MVP, uh, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, Giannis, uh, at the end of the game, which is like 10 seconds left, puts up like a little layup, misses it. Oh, did he do so the... He could, so he did the Ricky Davis. Yeah. So he could get the triple-double with that one last rebound. In Giannis's defense, he he learned a lesson from it. He made the comment, I was thinking about scoring the ball, but I felt like in those situations it's best to kind of keep the ball. But yeah, I just try to play the game smart and kind of stole one. He he acknowledged what he did was the wrong thing to do, wasn't it? Yeah. So I'm I'm all right with I'm not I'm not outraged. It was a it was a bad call for him to probably do that. But it's to me, it's not the most outrageous, awful thing somebody's ever done. No, kind of like, thing. I'm all right with it. I it's not a great look, but it falls to be a more bad yeah, call than good call territory. It's more bad call than good call. But he's not an unlikable player, and no. it wasn't like Russell Westbrook missing a shot so yes. he could average a triple double. You know that one's a little lame. I believe like there was something. Something similar to that. He was essentially trying to, you know, kind of game the system. Giannis has had four, right? If it's like, oh, this is some record-setting triple-double or whatever, yeah, then I'd be way more outraged. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, it's a bad call, but it's, yeah, if it was, like, just, yeah, just to pass, like, Westbrook, mm-hmm. uh, Oscar Robertson's record, yeah. and, you know, you had to do it, that's the way you did it, that's lame, yeah. that's a terrible call. It's still a bad call it's a bad look but it's not, not horrible okay what do you have uh i'm going off of the sports scene for my good call bad okay. goal. i'm going to the world of movies we lost i don't know if he's a great he's a very good character actor very bad human uh tom sizemore died yes i saw that uh his roster of non-war movies adds up to a better resume than his war movies now hear me out i think that's a good call first of all okay saving private ryan is great Fantastic film. Black Hawk Down is great. Fantastic film. Pearl Harbor is not. Yeah. And that brings him down a tick. Yeah. Or two, or maybe three ticks. Non-war movies. Heat. Really great. Excellent film. True Romance. Really good. Great. Born on the 4th of July. 
Outstanding. Really film. good. Great movie. He was bit part, but he was in it. That counts. It's like Sam Jackson made a billion dollars in the box office. Well, he was in four minutes of whatever movie. <laughs> right. Point Break. That's great, but it's a bad great. I am an FBI agent. <laughs> it's a bad great. Passenger 57 was pretty good. That yeah, was a good film. Wyatt Earp was pretty good. Yeah, it was a bad. Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Pretty mm, decent. Decent. It's okay. So all those add up score-wise to better than his war movies. Oh, man, I don't know. Saving, Saving Private, Private Ryan, Ryan is huge, but Black Pearl Hawk Harbor down. brings it down quite a bit. Yeah, but boy, those those two are really, really good. Yeah, it's tight. But I and he's I'm, and he's in those two a lot. That's true. He's great in Black Hawk Down. I can't remember which film it was. They might have been Black Hawk Down, where he beat his then-girlfriend, Heidi Fleiss, so badly mm-hmm. that they didn't go to the premiere. I believe it was for Black Hawk Down. It was one of the films where yeah, she they, he didn't right. show up, she didn't show up, because he didn't want to go there and have to explain why... Why they were all it, bruised up. Exactly. Yeah. Not a great human being. Very good character no. actor, but not a great human no, being. No, yeah, amateur human being. Yeah. Him and yeah, Chris Penn were the cops in True Romance, and they were really good. And those are two guys you always kind of got confused, right? Yeah, they kind of were like, which one's which? They kind of look similar, yeah. and they played kind of the you know tough guy mm-hmm. you know kind of characters. Yep. All right, so let's move on to Prep Stars this morning. All right, uh, I'm going to go with a couple players who played for coaches we had on the program today. Hey, there you go. Start out our female prep star of the week, Delta's Kylie Huff. 11 points in the loss to Holy Family. But uh, one of those many returning talented players for uh, Kyle Crowder next season. But that's uh, Kylie Huff is my female prep star of the week. My male prep star of the week, Colter Alston. Talked about him with uh, Mike Vig, Cowboys coach. Mm-hmm. Averaging 3.1 points per game in the game to get them into the grade eight, 15 points, four threes for Coulter Ralston, the freshman in that game against Vail Christian. Those are my prep stars. Yeah, that was a, a great performance there. I'm going, we give them a lot of love on the football field. Take two, three, two, one. I give them a lot of love on the football field, but North Fork girls basketball very nearly got to the 3A grade eight. Peyton Carver had 15 points in a 45 40 loss to Ellicott, but. Still a great performance for her. And uh, on the boys' side, going a little kind of off the board a little bit, but uh, Caleb Holm, Braden Schwetman, and Chase Pennell play hockey for Glenwood Springs because the Grand Valley doesn't have a varsity hockey team. Right. Three Fruit of Money Wildcats. They're into the state title game coming up tomorrow for the Glenwood Springs Demons. Very cool. Absolutely. Go get them. Go get them, guys. All right, so we move on to Mighty Mavs this morning. Best of CMU Sports. It's Mighty Mavs on the Jim Davis Show. All right. Marissa Gallegos, your undefeated 128-pound national wrestling champion. Congratulations to her. Marissa Gallegos goes with 28-0 and becomes, like I mentioned, the first national champion in uh, CMU women's wrestling history. Won the title out at Cedar Rapids, Iowa this last weekend. Congratulations to Marissa Gallegos. And then my male Mighty Mav, Julian Boyd. Three for four and double in that loss against Montana State Billings. But Julian Boyd, a really good performance for the Mavericks in that one. 
as the Mavericks open up Armac play defense of their Armac title over at the Diamond of the Bergman Sports Complex this Friday when they take on Metro State. Yep, I'm going to uh, stick and ball sports as well for my uh, female Mighty Mav, Maya Arietta, softball team. In three games this weekend, she went 9 for 12, scored 11 runs. She scored 11 runs in three games. And she went, uh, she had six RBI, a couple of doubles, a couple of triples, a couple of homers, and a stolen base for uh, the ladies, Lady Maverick softball team. And for uh, my male Mighty Mav, Jed Brummett, men's lacrosse, seven goals and an assist in a pair of games for the Mavericks on the road this last weekend. I was looking, I don't think the Mavericks men's lacrosse team plays at home until April Fool's Day. So getting their miles, right? You get those maybe, what was it, 2.1 cents per mile. You're racking up them miles, baby. Uh, but he got seven goals this weekend for the Mavericks men's lacrosse team. I'm going to mention Ava Fugit. She had two triples yeah. in the game against Adams State yesterday. And um, she becomes just the fifth Mav to do that in program history. So congratulations to her. We should yep. acknowledge that. Ashley Bradford had like Ricky Henderson level stolen bases this weekend. She got four in one game. That's impressive. Yep. Pretty good. Ricky would be impressed. Ricky would say, hey, Ricky's impressed with that. Mm-hmm. Ricky's impressed with Ricky. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I got to mention, uh, Scott Ellis hit me on my phone here. My Arietta Central product. Well, of course, For yes. the Warriors, yes. Yes. He would know. He Scott would know. Yeah. Coached Maya back in the day. Mm-hmm. We right. have a winner for number game now, by the way. Oh, okay, very good. So here we go. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. So, how many national champions in college basketball since 1985 did not win either their regular season or conference tournament championships? Jim correctly guessing six. Villanova in 85, Kansas in 88, Michigan in 89, Arizona in 97, UConn and Duke in back-to-back years, 14 and 15. All right, remember last hour we were talking about Derek Carr? Mm-hmm. And the leaning toward possibly signing with the Jets. Yeah. Well. About that. Guess that's not the case. But nope. right now, Ian Rappaport, Mike Garofalo with NFL Network, both reporting that Derek Carr is closing in on a four-year deal with the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Adam Schefter has a tweet, too, which is really interesting. The Saints have not used a first or second round pick on a quarterback. Since 1971, when they picked Archie Manning, who's had two sons go on, grow up, play, and then retire. 52 years since the draft, since the Saints used a first or second round pick on a quarterback. Yeah, you think about it over the years that they, you know, a guy like Bobby Bear mm-hmm. was a free agent, well, coming from the United States Football League. That they, yeah, they haven't really gone other way to draft quarterbacks. No, yeah, certainly not with a first round pick. Not since uh, the great Archie Manning. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with hour three. What's uh, on your list for the good, the bad, the ugly? You can text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Plus, next hour details on Bracket Palooza. Yes, it is coming again mm-hmm. as March Madness is on the horizon. Hour three up next.